Welcome everyone, thanks for joining. Uh, this is a live, uh, hopefully slightly interactive, uh, maybe very interactive, uh, podcast recording for our podcast, Trending in Education. Uh, I'm Mike Palmer, joined by my partner in crime, Brandon Jones. Brandon, how are you? I'm quite well, thanks. So this is the, the format here, everybody who we're looking at, uh, you're all in person. We're also gonna be presenting this in two other formats, one video, and then also audio. As Mike was saying, we have a weekly podcast uh, called Trending in Education, where we talk about trends in education. We've been doing it for about two and a half years, uh, and this will be this show. I think will be dropping next Tuesday. So correct. You can both participate. Yes. Um, in fact, let's let's see if we can make some some uh, some ambient noise out there. So, how's everyone doing at South by? That's good. A ambient noise is my nickname oh, in high school. So, um, it's the best. but I feel like this is uh, this is good. So you can both participate and then also listen back uh, next Tuesday uh, when the show drops. Absolutely. And as if that weren't enough, we are also joined by a wonderful guest. Yeah, which, Ashley which, Manka, yeah. Uh, director of learning products at ACT. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So uh, this is the warm up phase of the podcast where. Uh, we're going to just have a casual conversation about how, uh, what's going on. Yeah, so far so casual. One observation. Really casual. One observation. I feel very comfortable. That's good. There, so that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I live in Brooklyn, okay? I'm coming to Texas for a conference in the beginning of March. Initially, I'm thinking I'm going to be able to be comfortable. I'm going to be warm. I'm going to be able to, to enjoy the, the warmth that is Texas. It's freaking cold here, Yeah, right? it's cold. It's cold. It's really cold. That's why, like, I'm layering up. I'm on stage, and I'm layering up. So, yeah, like, so, so for our listeners who are just listeners, and they're out there, like, ambiently again, um, you can't see Mike, but he's wearing, he's got multiple layers going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a hat. I got a hat. A hoodie. A hoodie. A, a blazer. Blazer. Yeah. You know, all that thing. And my hat, it's a Mets hat. And just for, uh, for this South by Southwest EDU, I'd like you all to, rather than refer to it as STEM, I'd like you to refer to it as Mets because the Mets are a wonderful team that we all would like to get behind. So, uh, so for those of you who are willing to work with me, I'll be referring to it as Mets from here on out. I think you got as many hisses as you did woos hey, on that. I, it's, so. it's, in, it's all about engagement. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, it's, it's generally the way I think no about it. There's no bad engagement. So, Ashley, what do you think? What, what, are, your, uh, what are your general impressions? Any uh, warm-up uh, things you're noticing? What's, what's going on these days? Yeah, no, just really happy to be here. Uh, third time at South by Southwest Education. Uh, always a good conference. I did learn yesterday that they have uh, doubled numbers in registration here. So really excited to see a lot of the work that I work on at ACT under our learning products are some of the big trends and even tracks here. So really looking forward to the next couple days. Outstanding. And uh, just so happens, we're going to talk about some of those trends uh, right about now. We are. So for those of you in the room, you'll see a screen change here. So we have another um, uh, opening slide here. Uh, down at the bottom, there's a way to follow us and find us. So on Twitter at Trending and Ed and uh, at www.trendingandeducation.com. So uh, for those of you who aren't yet listeners, uh, we do hope, we love our listeners. We do. Uh, and especially our future listeners, proto listeners. So uh, if you'll check that out um, and find us uh, and yourselves uh, on, uh, online. As Mike said, we were going to talk about some trends. So we have here, this is courtesy of uh, Edward Surge. He's always scooping me. He's, he's a sharp cat. Yeah. Uh, no, from, uh, from Ed Surge. These are the, the tags, the, the um, EdSurge article uh, scraped all the metadata from this conference. And these are, th this is the list of what's trending in education as per South by Southwest EDU. 
So this is the list of the top you know, dozen or so uh, trends. Um, mm -hmm. I thought we would talk for a few minutes about what we see uh, on this slide. Yeah, and we thought, uh, especially with our guest uh, Ashley here representing ACT, a lot of these themes, I think, are consistent with some of the stuff that you're doing as the director of learning products there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So as I look at this list, uh, almost all of them jump out to uh, the work that we're currently doing and the work that we're on the road ahead for. Um, I think professional development is one of the key things. Not surprising, it's on the top of the list here. We are all at an education conference, mm -hmm. um, bringing you know, teachers, education professionals, for-profit, private sector all together. Um, but that's something that uh, we focus in a lot on at ACT and our product group is really getting out and learning what our customer needs are. Our customers are K through career, working with folks inside education, outside education, um, with you know our core products with assessment, and then outside of that in workforce and, again, learning products. Mm -hmm. And so I think professional uh, development is one of those that we always hear we need more of. So we like to say, so what, now what? So you have a product or you have a solution so now what? What do I do with that? What does training look like? What is that continuation on? I get a report or I get a piece of curriculum. I teach it in the classroom. But what does this mean? So it's definitely something we are very actively um, looking at. Uh, another one here that really hits home, uh, I work on uh, some of our free resources as well over at ACT. So ACT Academy is a K through 12 um, free solution of learning, um, OER resources, and we just implemented the RAD API and basically what this does is it takes um, a student's progression through the OER resources and then goes ahead and gives them um, suggestions and recommendations based on where they're at with learning but taking a holistic view of not just that one lesson or Quizlet that they did but taking that um, even farther and once they master the skill it drops off the list and they put another in and so mm -hmm. really just taking that you know personalized learning and interventions for the individual even farther so Very cool. um, yeah yeah I mean I could go on for for days here well I think we'll all, all go things. on a little and uh, those of you in the audience if uh, if you have anything strikes your fancy uh, you know that we'll be opening up to a little Q&A at the end so if you have any observations we'd love to hear those I mean EdTech is uh, is kind of uh, running things here. So like, there's a lot of ed tech uh, represented here. I think it gets interesting when you start like scanning down through this list, like some of the uh, you know, diversity as the number three uh, topic. Uh, storytelling, I think, is another thing that's really interesting. These are themes we've talked about a lot on the show. Uh, Brandon, any, uh, any yeah, of these jump I, I out? I did want to mention storytelling. At the um, keynote this morning, which I thought was great, um, David Brooks talked about, uh, had the line that a community is a group of people organized around the same story. And I thought that was a pretty powerful comment. Uh, and I think that that is true. And, and uh, I'm glad to see that represented among the, uh, the themes here. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know, how those stories are told, what the diversity of voices are telling those stories, that comes out in some of these other uh, notes as well. Um, but I, I've often said, and I've said to you both probably on the show and off the show that Life is just sort of the stories we tell ourselves, and I think that that's true, and I think that comes out here uh, as well. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and it, interestingly, podcasting did not make it. Well, uh, not yet. Not um, yet. So yeah. it was number whatever that is, 14. Yeah, Podcast yeah. with uh, 75 references. And I do know that. It's going to come. It's going to come. I yeah. feel it after it's this. You South, know, by, South, I, I South by 2020. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's coming. And we like to talk about the zeitgeist 
and I think part of the zeitgeist is uh, is what's what's emerging. Like it's not even like what's uh, already prevalent because a lot of these things were probably on South by uh, South by Southwest EDU a year ago. It'd be interesting to see how these things change over time and like what's not cracking the the top 15 or so here that that's actually going to emerge in uh, in subsequent years. Uh, so this is based on the tags that we saw from uh, all the all the presentations here at South by Southwest. Uh, we also have our own uh, set of trends that we're tracking. We sure do. Yeah, you wanna you wanna take a look at them? We sure can. All right. So this is um, the title of this slide here is Learning and Education March Madness. So we uh, every year. Right about March. Yeah. Um, in keeping with the uh, the NCAA tournament, do a March Madness where we pit the 16 trends that have been most popular in our own shows based on the listenership, number of downloads against one another, and then we go through a round of uh, of voting um, where people can fill out fill out brackets. There's actually brackets that are both live, and I think there's a guy in the back of the room, Dan Strafford. Wave your hand. Uh, this is going to be great for audio uh, here, um, who uh, has paper copies. You actually can fill out a bracket today. This is the semi-interactive part of, uh, of this session. Uh, but every year we do this. Yes. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, March Madness's past sure. in trending in education? And then we'll get to some of these uh, trends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can also submit your uh, predictions online. And then we're going we're gonna to run the tournament this month. And then uh, you know, the winner will emerge. Uh, just like in the NCAA basketball that's running at the same time. And the, win the winner of the, the Trending and Education March Madness wins no $1,000. So Correct. It's, it's a big, it's a prestigious prize. Yes. So uh, we're all disqualified, so sorry, Ashley. You know, we should actually talk about that, though, at ACT. We do have a credentialing service called Vault, so we could do some micro-credentialing, some badges certifications for folks. So the winner, we might want to pull that in. I like that. I like that. We'll revisit that. Talk, let's talk about uh, March Madness's past. Yeah, so the first year we did this, uh, two years ago, uh, the, 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 we had 16 teams. Each year we've done 16 teams. Uh, maybe we'll go 32 next year. Who knows? But probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so we did 16 teams the first year. Uh, one side of the bracket was artificial intelligence. The other side of the bracket, uh, the winner was uh, the importance of teachers. And then we ran our Twitter poll to see who would win. And uh, they wound up tying four consecutive times. We ran so a Monte Carlo simulation, we, the whole we, we, thing. We did the whole nine yards. All turned out to be just an actual dead heat. Dead heat. So then we realized, you know, somehow you got to blend the, the human with the artificial intelligence. And that was the winner our first year. Uh, how about our second year? Because I think you, uh, you played a, key, a pivotal role in our second year. Yeah, so second year uh, was a term I coined uh, kid solving, uh, which is, uh, you can probably figure it out from the term as coined. Uh, it's kids solving things. So kids solving, uh, kids problems, kids solving, uh, not just kids problems, but adult problems. Um, you know, the, the, I think we're coming around to understand that uh, younger people are just more capable. Um, they're savvier learners, consumers, creators. And um, I think that we will continue to look to younger and younger people to not just solve problems for their generation, but solve problems you know, sort of for, uh, for the world. So that was uh, that was kid solving, and that ended up being the winner last year. Yes, yes, I, uh, it beat. Did it beat fake news? I think it beat everything else. Yeah, it was yeah. A winner. I remember, it beat I remember fake, fake news was a dark horse yeah. that uh, that got a lot got a lot of love and attention last year, uh, and then that uh, you know we did another year's worth of shows, and then based on the shows we came up with these brackets, 
like I said, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we'd love to hear anybody's uh, questions or thoughts about any of these topics, anything we talked about. But with, uh, with uh, an illustrious guest joining us on stage, uh, Ashley, any general impressions uh, around uh, the March Madness that you're seeing before you? Well, so first I have some questions because I Please. always have questions. Uh, Jomo. This is a new term, uh, joy of missing out. Yeah, and uh, elaborate. And interestingly, that term is even uh, missing the end of its parenthetical I, I see that. on our bracket. So we I, thought that was very apropos. <laughs> uh, Jomo is like a next-gen uh, version of uh, FOMO. So FOMO is the fear of missing out. Jomo uh, incorporates the idea of intentionality. So I'm choosing not to do this thing, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, on a personal note. Uh, I've talked about a little bit on the show, like I deleted my Facebook account in March. And then since I deleted my Facebook account, uh, I got married, I went on a honeymoon, I had a baby. Uh, so all those things not necessarily correlated. Before you were single, like so you deleted your Facebook account and then immediately, changed. yeah. Everything changed. So just uh, a good you know, year. an audience of, uh, uh, sorry, a sample size of one, but, uh, but it was an interesting change. So it's the idea of more intentionality. A lot of these, there's like a theme here around uh, maybe getting away from the digital, finding like uh, some quiet places within. I know you're a big uh, mindfulness person, right? I am, yes, personally and professionally. Um, I have the, uh, you know, excitement and joy uh, every day to work on our social emotional learning product line at ACT. And this is something that we've been doing for quite some time and we actually go K through career um, with this because social emotional learning is something that person personality continues to develop and evolve over time. So you really never stop growing in a lot of those traits that, um, you know, are, are behavioral skills in nature, but you need those to be successful mm -hmm. in the workplace and beyond and in life. And that's what, um, you know, really continues to move, move folks forward, even more so than some of those core academic skills we're finding more and more in research. So, and I also lo always love some, some quiet time of my own and some yoga and I think there's also some things that you do um, to find that mindfulness within the context of work as well. Um, I also, one of these that really sticks out and excites me to see up here is the whole teacher movement. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think if I am channeling, you know, lots of interactions that I've had with our customers and uh, even, you know, teachers, counselors and things like that, it's not just about what goes on in the classroom and their teaching to tests or teaching to curriculum, but it's also making sure that that educator feels sound in what they are doing and especially around that context and theme of social emotional learning um, you know that's something that a lot of people talk about and again going back to the so what now what it's like okay I understand this concept I'm going to bring it into my classroom but I don't understand it as an individual or I don't partake in some of these things so that whole teacher movement really encompassing you know the holistic teacher mm -hmm. to look at um, you know better value for the student and yeah. what they can do. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even uh, during the keynote this morning, there was a lot of talk about the epidemic of social isolation. And one of the things we've talked about a lot around teachers is how even though you have a lot of agency within your classroom, frequently you can feel isolated and alone, you know, and, and like how do we as a culture provide teachers the right level of support? And, uh, and then how do we as, you know, organizations like Kaplan or ACT or South by Southwest EDU, how do we design uh, products and services that can actually 
you know, meet the teacher where she is uh, and not just think about the cognitive side, think about like the whole person. Uh, I, we're, you know, our, our March Madness launches tomorrow. True. There's a show dropping, uh, you know, you guys get an early uh, indication, uh, you know, if you want to get in, you can start making your predictions. Uh, any thoughts just around uh, our brackets and how it relates to, uh, to what you're seeing here at South by Southwest? Yeah, I think we should talk about a bunch of these things. Please. Uh, because this is what we're doing. Like, this is, this is the thing we're talking about is what's trending in education. So um, I'm just going to pick on a couple, and then, and then you can yeah, and, uh, uh, riff as well. And uh, our timer, our countdown timer isn't working. It says 30 minutes. So we've so, got another so 30 minutes here. This is going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. This but is also, the interminable podcast. Um, if you've ever listened to anything, it's just going to be this. Got it. So, uh, so, so, yeah. so just to jump in, I'll, maybe I'll take a couple. Oh, look, it's going very fast now. Oh, my God. This is like time passes as you, faster as you age. Um, so one is uh, Fortnite Fallout. First of all, our, our, our uh, producer here, you got to get right with the right spelling of Fortnite. It's F-O-R-T-N-I-T-E. So this is someone. I think that so, might have been me, but the, we'll blame Dan. Yeah, uh, Dan, our stalwart producer that in guy the back. In the back. Dan, this what's gonna, up with that? This is going to be great for audio. Be um, I, I live under a rock. I don't even know what Fortnite is. Oh, boo. Interesting. Well, it's falling I out. I literally just booed our guest. I'm so sorry. It's on its we can way cut out. This. Mom, we can cut this all in post, Dan. Yeah, yeah, but please. Uh, so Fortnite Fallout, uh, N-I-T-E. So um, this was one of my uh, predictions for 2019 was, so Fortnite, uh, folks know what Fortnite is. Uh, seeing some nods. No, uh, please explain. So it's a game. It's a it's a it's a massive multiplayer game. Has mo a bunch of different modes, and it's like it's all the rage. So it launched in September of 2017, uh, and uh, Epic Games, which is the maker of Fortnite, um, their ba their valuation is now like eight billion dollars as a result of it. It's making 1.5 million dollars of profit That's a day. Huge. Um, it's uh, and it's free. Uh, so it's all just in-game purchases. And it's, it's interesting, there's like, there's life imitating, there's Fortnite imitating life, imitating Fortnite, it's, it's interesting. Hmm. Um, the Fallout part is, Fallout is actually another video game, that's not what I'm referring to. Um, but uh, the Fallout here is there's got to be something next. Like, I, I think things, one, there's a um, cynical view is just that things can't stay that popular that long with uh, sort of the generation that this is serving. And then second, my hope is that there's something that's a little bit less confectionary, that... Um, you know, and, and Fortnite uh, Creative is actually a mode where it's like um, a Minecraft. It's more around building and inviting friends into your community to see what you've built. My hope is that that's going to be something that these really savvy consumers, uh, makers, uh, who are the population that's playing it today, uh, demands. So it, It's also interesting uh, talking about kid solving, too, because like Fortnite began with uh, you know, 13, 14-year-olds, and now, like, uh, you played, I know uh, Dan's played, I haven't quite played it yet, but like in some ways we're following the kids into Fortnite. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of poning us to use. Uh, to they're poning us, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, my excuse is it's just research. Like I want to stay in the zeitgeist. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, my, my hours of Fortnite are just, uh, are just research based. Um, maybe let's talk about uh, Kids Solving made the list again, so we're, I think we have some continuity along with some uh, some new things. Defending champ. The Gartner hype cycle. Can we go back yeah. to Fortnite though? Yeah, of course. Now that I know all the things about yeah. Fortnite, and I'll go download it on my phone. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be an interesting matchup here to see uh, our Fortnite Fallout and screenlessness. Yes. Uh, right. Because diving into that, yes. it'd be interesting to see demographics. You know, the more and more screen time we have, the more and more we're going digital and education tools and resources. We're all on our phone, but there is a need for screenlessness and changing in that dynamic. So that would be an interesting one to see 
It's interesting that. Match up. Go ahead, Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about, uh, there's been a lot of research around screens lately, uh, and uh, did a really interesting show a while back about um, the screens and the socioeconomic divide, so that typically the folks who are opting out of using screens are, uh, you know, higher socioeconomic status, like children of Silicon Valley. Uh, another sort of sobering thought is like a lot of uh, the, the folks who are running uh, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world are choosing to educate their kids off of screens. And then a lot of uh, folks who really are just getting access to a mobile phone are, are not necessarily, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have the resources to get their kid off of a phone because uh, they're, maybe they're juggling multiple jobs and also just making ends meet. So, uh, so there's an interesting trend emerging around the use of screens and it's tied to, uh, you know, who has access to it uh, and then who's opting out, uh, which again ties a little bit to the JOMO. So it's all like a big gumbo. All of these themes the are, gumbo. are interrelated. Yeah, just one more beat on that, on the screenlessness, that um, I'm going to say just the same thing you said, but just yeah. to say it from me too. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that for a while the thought was the way that you address the digital divide is just putting devices in schools. And so that was like a movement that took, so, took a while. There had to be funding, and they had to be, you know, you had to get them for the schools. And by the time that we sort of caught up to that, uh, we've realized that's, that's actually not the problem. So, you know, technology in the classroom should be a means, not an end. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's been, I think, in, in too many schools, it's been seen as an end, not a means. Mm -hmm. And so you now have a lot of product, a lot of hardware in um, schools, uh, especially uh, lower socioeconomic schools, uh, schools with that demographic, and it's, it's, it's not enough. And it probably never was going to be enough, but it's mm -hmm. just like it's taken us until we got there to realize that wasn't going to be enough, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and one thing we talk a lot about on the show is the difference between technology-driven innovation and technology-enabled. So like, you know, the idea that you have screens and that screens by virtue of being digital and giving you access to the internet will make your classroom better, uh, I think the jury's still very much out on that. I think it probably depends on how you're intending uh, to use it. How are you incorporating it into your lesson plan? And ideally, not every lesson is driven by the fact that uh, the students in the class have access to an iPad or have access to a smart board. They're all just tools, and uh, technology, even like this show, is just a tool uh, that is uh, allowing us to convey this stuff. Uh, other thoughts? And uh, you know, uh, the the clock is working now, so uh, it is. is. I, I got to do two more here, great. real quick. Yeah. So, so robots. Yeah. First of all, robots, right? <laughs> ah, someone clapped for robots. That's great. Um, there are robots here at South by. Oh my God! Did you you interacted with the Lovebot? Yeah, bot. yeah. The the Lovebot is right out here. I don't know if you guys have seen it. See the little round oh my one God, it's cruising so, around. They're designed to make you happy. Like that's the entire design intent. Like they're plush. They're they 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 have big eyes. They respond to you. If you smile at it, it smiles back. It'll like roll over to you and look at you. Uh, you can like pet it and it got warm. I couldn't tell if it got warm. Was that a malfunction of the robot? The battery or? was getting hot, but yeah. I thought it was because I was giving it nice affection. But it is interesting when you think about the robot overlords and you think about, uh, you know, sort of Terminator, name your Terminator, they're all, they're all scary. But like, but these things are almost like next gen, like social, emotional um, toys. And uh, we talked about some of the therapeutic uses of those types of toys as well, where like, you know, when, when folks are suffering, frequently like you bring in a pet or you bring in a, 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 something that gives them comfort. Um, I think, uh, you know, for those of you who are here, uh, the Lobot is a pretty cool little interactive engagement uh, right out here in the expo hall. Yeah, this is Trending in Education brought to you by Lobot. Lobot. Um, 
But go, go check it. Uh, for, to be clear, though, I think that the, the Terminator robots always follow the lovable robots. Yeah. Right, the lovable robots, that's like, that's like the gateway drug to the Terminator. So, well, I mean, I maybe it won't be. Our future is yet unwritten. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, going with the robots, thinking about, you know, where, we at, uh, where we're at in life, to make your life easier, too, I just purchased an iRobot vacuum cleaner. Jury ah. is still out on that. However... Again, things that spark joy. Yeah. I am not going to have to vacuum or deal with the cord. It finds its way back to its home. So it's not just for uh, you know educators in the, ha the robot you, land. Have you named it? Haven't named uh, it. Oh. Yeah. Check back in for our next show. I, I will. We're gonna have the robot, robot review. Yeah. And then one that uh, one other for me for is uh, learning pods. And, and Mike, I'm gonna pitch this to you in a second to talk about. But one application of this is the idea of podcast Ooh. as a or audio really as a learning medium. So um, I think uh, hopefully folks who are in this session, some of you may have just wandered in here, but like folks who are in here have at least a passing interest in podcasts. Podcasts are, are right now largely enter for entertainment value, but increasingly so I think we see um, there being a real educational application of audio as a very different medium than uh, video or than anything offline. So, Mike, mm -hmm. this was one of your predictions for, 20, for 2019. Yeah. And uh, a, a term that we've used. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think it's the idea, it, it ties to the, the screen-based thing anyway. Like, you know, your eyes are uh, really important, but uh, frequently they have to be occupied with other things. So, like, you're driving or you're cleaning up around your house or you're, you're just on the go in life. And... Uh, those are opportunities to learn. Like those are opportunities to actually continue to kind of immerse yourself in content. Uh, and the other thing that's great about it is uh, the variable speed uh, as aspect to listening to content. So you can actually consume content at accelerated speed and a lot of the audio is getting uh, smarter. So you can actually listen uh, much faster to start uh, consuming more through your ears, uh, which we affectionately refer to as our learn holes. The learn holes, yeah, yeah. it's where the learning goes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah, we have a, about five minutes left. So, uh, you know, we can continue to riff on these, uh, these themes or these concepts. Uh, we're also happy to take, I think the microphone works there. So microphone like is hot, so go, if, feel if free anybody, to go and. and, and you uh, might, uh, you might, your voice might get on a podcast, which is, which is, uh, which is exciting. So, uh, and so, if our listeners who are listening to this don't hear any questions from the audience, it's because there are so many that we had to cut, yes, exactly, had to just cut them exactly. uh, from the, uh, the actual time is, show Time release. is ticking, that's so, precious. Uh, so what else do we have? We have, um, Education 2020 was one of your predictions, Brandon. So uh, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, education is, uh, this is my prediction that for 2019, that education we put on the ballot for 2020. So we have obviously a presidential election in the US here in 2020. Uh, that really kicks off in earnest in 2019. It's already a crowded field, particularly on the Democratic side. And uh, my, my thought here, um, which I think has already been evidenced by the, the candidates who are in the fray, is that people need uh, a platform that is something other than just not this guy. Uh, and that uh, there's lots of things on education around uh, charter schools, around free college for everyone, around teacher unions, labor, um, uh, standardized testing. There's a lot of things that I think are going to be interesting topics. And not everyone, even on the left, is in the same place on this. So I, I will tell you, I've said this on the show, I'm, I'm a little less optimistic about actual policy change. Um, I, I think uh, education gets out there and then sometimes falls to the wayside when uh, we actually have our elected officials in office. But I do think that it's going to be more in the conversation, more in the zeitgeist, in mm -hmm. the milieu, mm -hmm. 
and uh, and I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and it'll probably obviously it'll stick around right into 2020. So yeah. this one will probably be uh, back on our brackets a year from now. That's also my intent. There's like if you yeah. pick things that if they don't happen this year, you can just say, well, just next year. Yeah, just keep uh, placing the bets. That's why it's like futurist. It's great to be a futurist because you're good. like, I'm just not right yet. Like that's that that's uh that's you're never wrong. Just not right yet. Do we think we should get some like again some some audience engagement here to see if. We can pick. We can identify who's likely to win. Which of these is likely you want, to win? You want to get a applause? Yeah, I think can we do is like, we've got. So these are also as as we're you're warm. So the answer is yes. Yeah. As the folks who are here uh, are like warming up your uh, engagement uh, vehicles, um, we have this bracket. This is bracketed. So like you know, the brain science is a number one seed. Yes. Going against Jomo is a number two seed. So a number sixteen. A number yeah. sixteen seed. Excuse yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So we have those in each of these. I don't think we can we can. Take 16. Pick a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Sherry, yeah. Do you want to lead the the uh, the applause section? Yeah, sure. So uh, so uh, let's begin. You just mentioned it. So folks are primed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so we're gonna we're gonna say two things, and we're, we want applaud for one versus the other. All right. So uh, in terms of the trend in the next year, who's on the side of brain science and learning? Nice. I, I think uh, tech, the technical term for that would be a smattering. A smattering, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, who's uh, who's on the side of uh, Jomo? Interesting. I'd say that's a smattering plus. I think that's a smattering plus. But well, make sure you vote. You know, like like this is the importance of voting, uh, right? So uh, yeah. So yeah, make sure it's you vote. It's non-scientific because it could just be that there are the louder clappers, that's the more true. enthusiastic clappers enthusiastic on the Jomo. Clappers. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. someone's point is someone in the audience is a very enthusiastic clapper. Yes. yes. Do you want to do one more? Yeah. Uh, any of these, uh, uh, Ashley, strike your uh, interest? Yeah. So I keep going back to just thinking about interactive everything and nerd power. Mm -hmm. um, super cool that nerd power is on here. And yeah. I want to continue to see that progress forward versus rolling back. But interactive everything is table stakes. It has right. to be interactive. It has to be in real time. I expect things to happen as I say they need to. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see what the audience thinks about that. All right, let's do it. All right, interactive everything. All right, pretty good, pretty good. What about nerd power? There is one loud clapper I think you're in the more room. Enthusiastic I, around nerd power. That guy's a nerd. I, I can tell. I, I know but, that guy. Uh, actually. But if yeah, it's yeah. one vote per clap, I don't know. We have to. We have to consult our rules committee. These uh, these votes are non-binding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Uh, interactive and, everything. Interactive everything. It's it's kind of an interesting idea. So uh, so that's who we are. Uh, Trending in education is uh, is the name of our our show. Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter at Trending in Ed. Uh, you'll see uh, that activity around Trending in Ed. We've already been posting since we've been here. Uh, TrendingInEducation.com uh, is where you can go and uh, download us on iTunes, Stitchers, uh, the whole nine. Google, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast. Dan, our producer in the back, does a great job making this stuff available. Uh, definitely catch up with us if you want a bracket. Uh, Dan's got paper brackets. It's a nice cocktail uh, hour kind of uh, icebreaker. Uh, and uh, Ashley, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been and great. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, just this is what we like to do. We like to talk about what's trending, uh, to both to see it and help, uh, ideally, help influence it. So if you have things you'd like to talk about, it will be up here afterwards. Um, thanks very much, and uh, happy, uh, happy trending.
Kosi Nelson. I am with In My Shoes. Great. So we've already been talking a little bit, but could you give a, a brief description of, of what the company is and what the program is focused on? Yes. We are reverse engineering and scaling success um, uh, of, of ordinary people in underrepresented communities. And so we use storytelling and we pair that with research-based curricula to help young people find their own pathway to success. What was the impetus for the start? The impetus was um, at, I was an educator um, at one point in time in the classroom and my young people um, wanted to find other people that looked like them that had already traveled that pathway. And so we found that storytelling was just a powerful kind of medium to, to get the, the, the message across around what is possible for young people. Um, and so we paired that with ed tech to scale it and to bring those stories into a classroom to help um, young people see themselves in success that's, that's already demonstrated. One of the things we talked about before we started recording was about the reach you can have with video and online, YouTube, Instagram video, whatever you might want to talk about. How have you seen your reach grow since you started this company? Absolutely. Um, and so originally, um, you know, some of our navigators, we call them, that are doing the stories, they're mentoring one or two people at a time. And we're able to capture their story, some of those nuggets that they share with that, you know, one or two mentees. And we're able to share that with hundreds of people um, just, you know, with technology. And so it's just so scalable um, for for people to even scale their mentorship and and, and, and scale their own success. And so... How do you connect the dots? Like, how do you take a story and get it to the right kid? How do you get it in the hands of the people you know need it most? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first piece is to the educator has the ability to, to define the group that they're working with. So I'm working with African-American men. I'm working with women from a rural community. And so we'll source the videos because they're tagged in that way so that we know that they'll be representative. Um, the other um, kind of piece is that it's really authentic. And so that is the critical piece with storytelling, um, where it's not all about, you know, uh, celebrating the, the success, but it really is speaking about the path and, and being authentic about some of the challenges and, and, um, and trials that, the, that, that, that the, the, the navigators have been through. And young people really relate to that. Outside of your product, um, paying attention to learning and education space, we're here at South by Southwest EDU. What are some trends? that you have your eye on that may influence your business or may just be something in the classroom you think is interesting in this year? Yeah, I mean, so obviously technology is, is, is leveraging proven education strategies. What we're finding and, and, and part of our angle is to, to really integrate this idea of SEL and social emotional learning. And so we're finding a trend where instead of it being as direct, ed tech providers are like integrating the concepts of SEL into their work, which is just phenomenal. Um, and so focusing on perseverance, on grit, and some of those kind of leadership skills that we know are so critical um, to pair with the academic skills. So I see that trend more and more as I, as I go to conferences like this. So my name is Vincent Routier. I'm the CEO and founder of Lou Interactive Playground. Um, it's been a crazy and awesome story. Um, so we, we did a prototype of this idea of creating an immersive environment, inter giant interactive wall in a gymnasium two years ago. And when that prototype was put online, I think it was February 3rd, 2017, we got about a million views over one night of that video. So 
we started to organize ourselves and decided to turn this into a product. And But I'm a father of two girls, four and six years old. And my older one got in school this year. But two years ago, I was starting to wonder, like, what would be my role as a father in their education journey? And so I started to go in schools and talk with innovators in education to see where things were going. And, and I realized that school didn't much change from the time I was in primary school and elementary school. So I decided to use my professional skills that that were about how can like telling immersive stories and engaging kids in like kids museum exhibits and to maybe bring this this knowledge into school and yeah that was a long answer to your quick question oh no, that, 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 that was that was amazing and uh the the actual uh like form factor in the experience it's uh it's like you're in a gym class and there's a interactive wall and then the kids are playing with balls that uh that that hit like a like almost like a projected uh, image on the the wall that that is sort of interactive in some way. That's a really good way of uh, putting this. Actually, this idea of transforming the gymnasium into a giant interactive playground comes through using different types of multimedia equipment in the gymnasium. So we install to the ceiling permanently 3D cameras to be able to detect the balls on the wall where the, the people in the gym. Uh, we have a video projector that projects a giant 20 feet wide image on the, on the wall in the gymnasium. And we control the lights in that gymnasium so we can have a nice projection so we don't light up the walls but the floor so it's safe for the kids to engage in physical activity. But when you lose a point in a game, the gym can turn red for two seconds. So this idea of extending the screen itself to the full space of the, the court of the basketball in terms of size is something really engaging. And then we combine this with like sounds, uh, musics and effects. And so this, this gymnasium, what we've been told from some kids that they have the feeling to be in a video game. Mm -hmm. And this idea of the video game in a physical education class, it seems a little bit like contract, contradictory. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I pronounce it right. Yeah. But I think it's kind of taking the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Like you use the, those, this idea of immers immersivity for the kids to engage them in activities that, they, they, that looks like what they do when they play video games, but physically they are engaged yeah. at a really high level. And I think it's, 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 a, really, it's a really cool way to, en to engage them and make them maybe more passionate about school and curious about stuff. And Yeah, yeah and, uh, and part of what was cool that I saw too is like there's actual like math content and instructional design that's going into the game so some of them just seem like games yeah. but but it, what i found really interesting was like you could be like sort of doing your phys ed while learning math or while understanding uh, some of those more abstract concepts. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there was a, an eye-opener uh, type of moment uh, I had when I read the book Spark from Tom Reddy. The idea, he's, uh, he's coming from a psychiatry background and neuro neurology background and there are lots of research that prove that a healthy mind is in a healthy body like if you train your body physically and you're you're fit your brain is is fit as well and this idea of engaging uh, there was a in that book a case study about naperville a school district in illinois that had 19,000 kids uh, train on a physically uh, like a really high physically level and their perform their performance are outstanding any other school district in the u.s and so this idea of having fitter kids and 
better brain it's kind of a little bit even more going uh, it's it's going in the opposite direction that most school districts are doing right now eliminating PE and right. even arts and music and and I think bringing this back as something really central can be really beneficial even on the test grade at the, at the end of the year yeah, and, and we've talked about the importance of play and like having unstructured time and this is a nice blend of some structure because yeah. there's a game designer or instructional designer who built the interactive experience but then the kids they don't know that they're learning yeah. they're just playing and I, w I would say like you know our listeners can try to imagine it but uh but if they want to see what it's like what how how do they how do they find this on, on youtube or facebook or um, your website i'm pretty sure that googling lu interactive playground will probably bring uh, hundreds of newspaper stories and videos and and we have many of our videos that went viral like m more than 10 million views and so that's probably easy to to find our website is www.play-lu.com and uh, maybe on the content side, what I could add is that we, we have different ways of approaching when we design like content and activities we want to build in the platform. So we are working on curriculum-based activity, mm -hmm. so kinesthetic learning, so learning mathematics through movement instead of being seated passively in the classroom has lots of benefits. And so curriculum-based learning uh, is one of the core elements we were working on. Health and wellness. So we released a few weeks ago an, a guided meditation application. So imagine a giant gymnasium with hundreds of kids doing a 10-minute meditation session in a gymnasium. Maybe after a PE class or before an important exam. There are lots of different benefits and using that new immersive gym to do something that even doesn't have any interactivity with the screen can be really, really powerful and resourceful for, for, for the kids. Uh, we're working on PE and fitness application, obviously, some utilities. So time management in a gymnasium is really crucial. So interval timing, uh, so you can, teacher can build routines of activities. So like one minute of running, 30 seconds of jumping jack, and, and the colors of in the gym will change on those different sessions. So you're running, you know, if the gym turns green, it means that you have to stop running and start doing your jumping jack. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we're trying to, to build different types of applications and utilities and activities so, 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 so it can be utilized by the whole school. There. That's very cool. And uh, last question, uh, any thoughts about uh, taking this out into like the mall or the Chuck E. Cheese or like the arcade? Because it does, uh, you can see how fun it is and how engaged the kids are. So I, I love the gym angle, yep. but uh, any thoughts on uh, other places where this might make sense? Yeah, since the since the beginning of that project, we're kind of ta uh, pulled into lots of different markets and opportunities. But the main reason why we started this was education. So right now our focus is elementary school and middle school, and we really want to deliver as much value as we can in those fields. And building a game for a Burger King uh, waiting line is not the same than building educational activities and content. And focus is key in a small company and a small team like ours. So I think there is nice potential application in other markets. I think there are more natural markets like the fitness market and the educational market mm -hmm. with the PE and everything is something probably interesting. And there's a huge opportunity for el um, elderly people. I was thinking the same thing. Seniors people because they, they, they want to keep their brain active. They want to get uh, healthier and fitter to, to, to live longer. And they want to spend time with their with their grandchildrens, 
right. and I think that could be really useful and, and like really powerful for it could be a fun way to, to, to bring those grandchildren and spend some time with them. Thank you.